The American Poetry Review is a production of Radio Kismet. To learn more and hear more great shows, check out radiokismet.com. This is the American Poetry Review podcast. I'm Elizabeth Scanlon. I'm Stephen Kleinman. And I'm Talia Geiger. And today we're going to be talking about first books, about the, the phenomenon of first books and the contests that sometimes, you know, bring us there. Uh, also, more specifically, we'll be talking about Chessie Normile, who is the first book prize winner of the APR Honickman First Book Prize for 2020. Her collection is called Great Exodus great wall, great party, and was chosen by Lee Young Lee, and we're very excited about it. Um, so that is what we're up to today. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi. Stephen. Hi, Talia. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I remember the whole, I mean, obviously it wasn't that long ago. It was only a few months ago, but it feels like we're already off to the races with our yeah. new book prize winner. Um, but, uh, you know, Stephen and Talia and I did a lot of uh, manuscript reading together, uh, during that whole process. And um, as you can imagine, it's a lot of books. It's a uh, lot of books. It's a lot of books all at once. Um, but it is astonishing, um, even reading that many poems, how things stand out in mm-hmm. your memory, right? One of the things that stood out about this manuscript right from the front, right from the start, is um, it, is the claims that it makes. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, to call back to APR pod number four, <laughs> Elizabeth was talking about manifestos. I think I'm always talking about manifestos. It's funny how you start to hear what your own like buzzwords are. Like Stephen is always Stephen has a new favorite poem every week, which new is which is one. great. I mean, right? Like that's a wonderful life to to live in, where there's a new favorite all the time. <laughs> this is a book that has so many statements. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's really fantastic that just cut through totally. the static air. Yeah. The audacity of like a, of a, of a big statement, right? I've, I've walked around since we chose it, just saying to myself, all the books on time are pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And here it is in the poem, right. waiting for you to read it. Yes, exactly. Right there. Well, and, and that there is like that kind of dry humor to it too, yeah. right? That there is this, um, uh, there's a bigness to the statement, but it also kind of undercuts itself at the same time. Like, they're pretty good. It's very conversational. Yes, tone. right? Yeah. Um, a conversational tone about non, uh, non-ordinary non topics, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's really interesting to me. Another one that stood out to me is in Terrible Music, which is uh-huh. a couple poems in. I misunderstood what kind of boat party we'd been invited to. <laughs> This is great. I've yeah. never been invited to a boat party. That's right. What exactly, what kind of boat party are we talking about here, What is here, one Steven? where? Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really just such an extraordinary book. And I mean, obviously, I'm excited to be working on it. Um, uh, we'll be publishing it in September of 2020. Um, but also, I just, I mean, if I may, I wanted to like share something that Lee Young Lee had written about it in sure. his introduction, because I was like, yes, that is... That puts so concisely into words what I was experiencing reading this book, too, um, where he says, In choosing great exodus, great wall, great party, I single out for attention a mind that is not only smart, curious, and original, but one that I feel is genuinely demonized, touched, and authentically weird. Mm. <laughs> and right. I, like, I, I just enjoyed that, like, 
cut that praise so much like when he when he wrote that about the book because I was like the yeah there is an authentic weirdness to this um to some of these poems to some of these perspectives on history right, right? um that yeah that I just appreciate this book is unafraid to go to those weird places mm-hmm. and I think that's what made it stand out for me personally right just the ability to be so daring and then also again going back to like the conversational tone I love that because it makes it really accessible yeah for lots of people to get into right and and from page one like honestly the very first poem in the book is taking a historical perspective of like imagine that you are on the shore seeing like the plague arrive basically it's like seeing like seeing like a boat arrive that, that you know on some level like is a harbinger of terrible things, you know, but like that is a, that is a moment in time that occurred to mm-hmm. someone, you right. know? Um, and, you know, in different, uh, in different sort of ways of being happens all the time, I suppose, that we see certain things coming uh, and, and can or cannot do, do something about it, right? Um, Sorry, that took a dark turn. Yeah. How, how is the weird uh, doing in poetry? How is we the had, weird doing? Uh, well, James Tate was like sort of sure. like a, a pinnacle of weirdness, right? Yes. Like who wears the crown of James Tate now? I'm not sure. Um, if it's if it's there. If it's there. I, it, yeah. Well, what, I, if it's there for the taking, where is it? <laughs> Can know. I go find it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I. Um, I. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a tangent. I didn't I didn't have an answer for that for that question. Um, makes me I, makes me think of. Um, of uh, Dorothy Alasky, who yes. we had in, mm-hmm. in, in the animal book. Absolutely. Um, and and that, that wild streak. Maybe maybe the weird is doing quite well. I think so. I, yeah. I think it is. Maybe we don't, um, yeah, maybe we don't find it as weird as we used to, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think that, I think that there was a certain moment in poetry where, I mean, certainly with like language poetics or whatever, where, I think a lot of poetry was thought of as like, that's weird, you know, but now I think that, um, maybe the, maybe the audience has changed or maybe you're boring if you're not weird. Like that's how things are today. Exactly. So being weird is so celebrated right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, there's some truth to that. I, I think what we're talking about is really the authenticness to show your mind and your work as a poet. Right. Right. And it's, it's it's not in the tropes, right? Um, but it's in the specifics of of the of the place that you go as a poet that right. can get odd. It's not uh, audacious, right? Mm-hmm. It's specific. Yeah. Although it is such a curious thing to me to talk about authenticity because it's like, I mean, as much as I'm interested in it, right? Like I think that we all kind of resonate on this different. Uh, frequency when we feel like something is authentic, but it's also very hard to, d- to define, right? Like sure. who gets to say what's authentic? Right. Me. Does, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I am the ruler of and my kingdom. And you and and each of us. That's maybe. right. Everyone does. Yeah. Everyone right. does. It's a personal thing. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but sorry, to return to the idea of first books, though, I think that um, this book in particular... Um, does hold a certain fascination for me too because it it has so much um, tenderness in amongst the like humor mm-hmm. and that's a difficult and wonderful balance to strike as well um, uh, 
we're going to be talking to Chessie later as well, but I hope she'll forgive me for, for, you know, picking out some poems from her, from her book to share. Uh, there's, there's a little one here called Field that really stuck with me as well. Let me read it for you. The sky is full of lightning and the sound is coming in. You're alone, pulling weeds up from the ground. There's mica in the roots, gold glitter clinging to the thread. It's terrifying to realize anything all at once, as the first drop of rain to touch you makes you realize it's raining. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's just a very, you know, very concise poem, but like really gives me a shiver, Mm -hmm. you know, really gives me a little a frisson of like an observation, mm-hmm. you know, very visually pleasing as well. Like, yeah. And just, visceral. Yes. Right. That first drop. And it shows a lot of range because so many of these poems in this book are, are unwieldy mm-hmm. in a great way. <laughs> That's right. And they they give poem. you more to carry like right. in the really like in the, sorry. No, no. The, and, and this is a poem that's, it's quiet mm-hmm. It welcomes you in. I'm going to tell you a little something that's very important to me. Mm-hmm. It's really a lovely poem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been doing, I've been involved in the process of the APR Honickman First Book Prize for for pretty much the entirety of the prize. I mean, the only one that I wasn't yet there for was the very first one, Joshua Beckman's uh first book. He was the first first book prize winner. <laughs> um, uh, his book, Things Are Happening, I guess that was 97, maybe? 96, 97? And I came on the year after that when it was Dana Levin's uh, first book. Uh, wow. I know. Who's like We've published so many amazing. amazing first books. Yeah, it really is. It's like not to toot our own horn. <laughs> I mean, too honestly, too, too. it's such a privilege, though. Like, it really is like such a cool thing to be there for someone like at that moment. And I really feel like and take pride in hopefully the the good experience that we that we give them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, has has the first book changed over time? What does one mean? Like, you mean well, like the idea of a first book? My, my <laughs> sense of, of the first book, I mean, there's so many poets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, um, your heart breaks for, for all of the poets who are sending in amazing work and are, oh, yeah. you know, and are, are almost there. Right. Well, or not even almost there, but like honestly, every year that we that we do this process, I mean, we can only choose one because of the size of an organization that we are, right? Um, but every year, I I see at least ten books that I wish I could publish right. all at once. I mean, it's it's certainly not for lack of you know love. But, but, but I, I I see what you're saying. Without so. naming names, there are. Uh, <laughs> um, I almost looked it up, uh, but without naming names, there are. Uh, books of poems by poets who have gone on to have very long and brilliant careers and you read their first book and you say, that's a first book. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it has all of the potential energy mm. and excitement of a first book. And it's a first book, right? There mm-hmm. are there are things that they grew out of. Right. Or that mm. you see them, like you may see like themes or styles like in their seed form right right but that have not yet like fully developed right and, and now i think that there's a longer gestation period mm. because there are so many manuscripts right that the first book is almost the second book 
at yeah, times. Okay, I see what you're That's saying. That's what I'm getting at with, right. with the change in the first book. I get what you're saying. Can I can I embarrass Stephen like right now and just <laughs> congratulate him actually on on winning a prize for his first book? Talia, Thank did you, you know yes. that? Yes, this I is did. a recent happening. It's recent. Please remind me, Stephen. You won the Philip Levine. Tell me, the, tell me, tell me true. I won the Philip Levine Prize, which yes. I'm I'm blown away by. One of the first poets that I was in love with. Yeah. Um, and w- what press is it? It is with Anhinga. Awesome. That's uh, great. The It's out of Fresno State, so it's kind of cool mm. to have yeah. two organizations that have been involved. Uh, I'm in the completely terrifying stage of editing it. Of course, right? yeah. Which I don't want to do too much of or any of. Um, uh, you got you got to get in that ring. Scary. I know. You got to do. Got to fight the fight. And... Um, uh, and what is the title of the book that it's, you... It's called Life Cycle of a Bear. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank you. thank you. I know. I know. You weren't wanting to talk about your <laughs> book. But since we're talking about first books and you just won a first I book did. prize, it seemed I would be remiss And I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. Thrilled. I'm excited for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yes. But back to, um, back to uh, the APR prize, I do think that there is a... Um, I feel like, I feel like the, the process has changed somewhat too in that, um, like the culture of submission has changed, right? Like certainly since submittable, which was what, like 2012 or 13, like it's fairly recent, but it's fully, um, enmeshed in like the culture of literary magazines and publishers now. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like that's that's an element of like the the submission process and the contest sure. process that's really different because in you know, back in the day, uh, when I when I first began, um, book prize season was like almost like a, a physically exhausting task because there were literally right. thousands. Oh, I just hit the mic with my hand because I'm <laughs> wildly gesticulating. There would be stacks and stacks of paper all around you um, when, you know, all of these hundreds of books would come in. Um, but I, uh, I do think that there's something, uh, you know, one of the, here's a plug for submittable, but one of the wonderful things that, uh, an online system does for us is that like, we really do get to pass things around and circle back so much more than we mm-hmm. used to, cause it's all right there and it's much more portable. Um, the resources are also fantastic. The, the different people who are collecting materials to, you know, this is when to submit to these projects, you know, th- oh, you these mean contests. Like, like getting the word out kind of thing? Yeah. 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 There's really great tools that are out there. So yeah, Talia, what, what are some sites that are like helpful or useful for you? Right. So there's Duotrope, oh, which yeah. was the first one that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. And also poetsandwriters.org. Yes, they have a very very searchable database, very specific. That one's great, definitely. And I think for the anthologies, I was actually thinking of one for fiction. I think it was in the Best American Short Stories, like towards the end of that. Right. But there are so many resources. It's okay. We're friendly to fiction as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't necessarily publish fiction, but I read a lot Mm -hmm. of it, so... Um, what about you, Stephen? Are there ones that stand out for you? Or? The, the two re- resources I go to most often are Creative Writers Opportunities, which is a blog spot. Oh. Uh, web, website. It used to be an email list, which I love. Oh, wow. But I think that... <laughs> oh, for the days of the listserv. <laughs> I think the email uh, servers got too complicated right. or for whatever reason, it, it switched over to a website, which is right. fine. You just go to it. Yeah. And then I also love Entropy Mag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've the, seen their list too. Yeah, definitely. They have three-month running lists of where to submit. And mm-hmm. then you can just do 
a control find on whatever the month it is, the 15th, <laughs> the 30th, and gotcha. generally comes up what, right. what you can submit to. Yeah. Yeah. Our deadline has been Halloween since the very beginning. And now I just kind of feel like I can't imagine changing it because my whole, my sense of like the seasons is mm-hmm. like everything comes to a close on October 31st. Right. <laughs> you know? That's and then my personal calendar. And then it's just like <laughs> reading like a mad person until New Year's. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so great that those lists are so much more available mm-hmm. than they used to be and uh, ever renewing. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry. I completely lost my train of thought for a second there. I was, I was looking at, uh, we have a lot of new glasses in the room today. (laughs) There's a lot of good eyewear happening here. Uh, I mean, Steven and Talia really are, are pros on the, on the subject. I'm a more recent, uh, eyeglass wearer. Doing pretty well though. Well, thanks. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm trying to get used to it, but you know. Uh-huh. They're really great. They're like, um, I love that the the metal of them kind of matches your hair. Oh, the the ones I'm wearing yeah, right now. Stylish. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing sort of a copper aviator situation today. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Poets doing fashion. That's right. Hey, I w- I would be all there New for segment? it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We, there's a lot of very fashionable poets. Um, Talia, I I see that you also brought in another one of our um, yes, APR. I did. First book prize winners, um, another amazing. 2015. Yeah. Was it 2015? Gosh, it was already yeah. five years ago. That's amazing to me. Uh, tell us, tell us it's about that. Divinity School by Alicia Jo Ravens. Oh, and amazing. It is amazing. Yes. I fell in love with a lot of the prose poems in this um, collection. They're pretty instructional. It's almost like a condensed WikiHow article. <laughs> But they end in a place that like lifts it right off of the page and it just feels really, really interesting mm-hmm. to read and experience. And they're so short, so mm-hmm. you kind of have to read a lot of them to get that feel. Well, and the, reading her, I remember reading her book when it was, you know, a, uh, a submission before it had been uh, mm-hmm. chosen and really thinking to myself, like before I knew anything about her uh, as like a as a writer and what the rest of her life was like, um, that her, um, her, her experience as like a a Hebrew scholar and as someone Mm -hmm. who is like really involved, like in the Jewish faith and, and like tutors people, uh, in, uh, those kind of texts, like that really shows up in the, in the poems in such an interesting way for me that it, it is a, um, kind of uh, midrash, right? Like it's almost like a kind of commentary upon the the religious um, uh, meditations of of previous generations, and it's it's so effective. Like it really stands out to mm-hmm. me. Like when someone is able to demonstrate or to bring forward the other facets of their lives, right? Um, Alicia Joe is also a fantastic violinist. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. She's a musician too. And, yeah. and has a, a great band girls in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think made a film this year. Did she? About Bernie Madoff. Oh yeah. 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 That's a, I don't, I don't know about the film, but I know that she did like a sort of uh song cycle uh-huh. about, it was called, it was a Kaddish, right? A Kaddish right. for Bernie Madoff. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should all look it up. Cause honestly I know about it, but I have not seen it myself. Doing lots of things. Yeah. Oh, she's an amazing she's performer. Amazing. My God. Um, yeah, that's that definitely stands out in my memory. Other are there other first books that you go to? 
You know, it's funny. It's funny to think like I there there are a lot of books that I don't know whether they were the first book or not. Right. right? Like I think that sometimes it all gets a little uh, mixed up in my in my memory. Are there ones for you that? that you think of no (laughs) (laughs) i mean probably right right. uh but i mean there are first books that i love i love divinity school yeah um for for instance and um i always forget that that crush was a first book right yeah it was oh oh, richard 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 sykin yeah yeah crush yeah Wow, I didn't. I guess I didn't know that either. What? How long ago was that? That was. Uh, let me check since I have it right. Okay. <laughs> I hope that's right. I mean, I was mostly going off of that. It was in in front of two thousand five. Okay. It was um, the two thousand four winner of the Yale series of Younger Poets. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's Big all deal. a blur. It's all a blur in my memory. That's another one that I love is Era D. Williams, Yale Younger. Oh my God! Right? Can you ago. even believe? How is that a first book? I mean, right. that like is so. That has so much sophistication and inventiveness, and like it's really it, like it's such a mature um, and magical book that like I yeah I would not have ever thought that that was a first book, but yeah. here we are. I think that that well that also you know that speaks to something in my you know heart and hopefulness that like I love it when first books aren't always necessarily you know by someone who is fresh out of school like it can be you know I didn't publish my first book until I was in my 40s um you know and so I think that there there is like you know or there should be room for all of that (laughs) um it is it is a wonderful thing to to really reflect on um how it can happen anytime right there's like no there's no one right time to do it there's no rush yeah so today we're going to be talking with Chessie Normile, uh, which is something that I've been wanting to do for such a long time now. It feels like so much time has passed since January 1st, um, as you can all imagine. I should say also that today is March 26th, and uh, you know we're recording this uh, remotely, of course, because we're all in our own homes. So hi, Chessie. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's uh, you know, I'm I'm really happy to talk with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I feel like every every conversation includes the caveat or the add-on of like I'm great under the circumstances. Yeah. Um uh but yes, uh how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I've got a fire escape, which is cool, so like even if I'm in awesome. I can kind of like climb out the window. Um so actually, all things considered, it's pretty good. And like, I like who I live with. <laughs> so I feel like that's I'm so like, important, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I'm. I feel very fortunate, uh, doubly fortunate that you know my husband is also my podcast producer, so we can yeah. do this very easily yeah, <laughs> in the totally. attic of our home. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, but I, I, uh, it feels like ages now uh, too that maybe I guess three weeks ago, um, Stephen Kleinman and Talia Geiger, who I'm usually doing the podcast with, the three of us were in the studio together and started talking about your book before we had you on the line. And now we're going to put those two conversations together now that we 
have the you know sort of connect to uh to talk well I can talk with you um at this time but so I have so many questions um I should also just frame it as saying as reminding everyone that you are the winner of the 2020 APR Hanukman first book prize um and that we're so so delighted to be publishing your book yeah, well, I mean, thanks. Me too. <laughs> <It's crazy>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what was the? What was the? I, this is a little bit of a strange question coming from me, the person that you're working with it on. But like, what was the whole contest experience like for you? Like, had you entered a lot mm-hmm. of contests, or was this like a new experience for you? Yeah, it was new. I um, one of my good friends from uh, I went to school in Austin and. My friend Sarah and I both, like, when we finished our thesis, theses or whatever, we were like, okay, I guess we'll send them out just for the hell of it. But obviously, they won't be accepted anywhere. We'll just, like, do it for the thing of doing it, I guess. I don't know. And then, right. uh, weirdly, we both are having out now. So it's kind of like we both were like, what is going on? So it's really. You both um, did. That's amazing. Yeah. No, it's so That's crazy. So yeah, her book's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really shocking. I missed, I missed, oh, uh, I missed a word there. What, uh, what is her book title and uh, oh, yeah. where her is she publishing? Her is Sarah Mathis and her book's called Town Crier and it's going to come out with uh-huh. Persia. It's the Lexi Rudinsky uh, prize. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, oh, that's I mean, wonderful. Congratulations to her. Oh, well, I'll keep an yeah. eye out for it. Um, about your book though, about, uh, great exodus, great wall, great party. Um, can I begin by asking you about the title? Yeah. Is that, is that a funny place to begin? Um, I I find um, as, as I say it more and more, like in talking about the book, Mm um, I, I have, I have such affection for it, like as an as a kind of litany, but I, I don't, I, I don't want to presume uh, what your thinking was in, in that, in that title. So tell us a little bit about your thinking. Sure. I mean, I'd love to know what you presume about it. I think I, I don't know if I know, <laughs> but um, I, uh, I know how I wrote it in the first place was I had an office job before I went to um, school and I, would write little pieces of poems on post-it notes under my desk throughout the day. And then I would bring them home at the end of the day and I would put them all up on my wall and I would like make these poems out of them just kind of as like a thing to do. Um, And I wrote that one on a post-it note, except for it also had great enlightenment in it. Um, But that was like a long time ago. And then, yeah, I kind of just, as the uh, poems all, you know, kind of, I kind of cut away like, you know, 70% of the poems I've written and ended up with this mm-hmm. poem and then it felt like kind of suited to it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I I feel like it contains uh, in that repetition, in that um, uh, sort of, uh, in the bigness uh, of, of that phrase, I feel like it, it contains so much uh, possibility that... Uh, I, I, it just really appeals to me. I love it. I love that title. Um, um, also about the, uh, sorry, I just, I just dropped, uh, I just dropped something. Here we are in our, you know, in our remote recording 
modality. <laughs> um, uh, I was going to say, um, in the book, I am also noticing um, that you seem to be making reference to your teachers in some places. I know I, I noticed that you, or maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, projecting that upon the poems, but I noticed that you make reference to Marie several times. Mm-hmm. Um, could you tell us about your teachers and how they how they sort of dwell in this book for you? Sure. Yeah. I mean. Um, yeah, Marie, I feel like a lot of my friends and like Marie is a friend and teacher, but I think like I noticed when I put the book together, I was interested to see kind of who showed up a lot. It's definitely very peopled. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And like, um, I think my teachers, I mean, I know that Michael Adams was the teacher at Missioner who was my thesis advisor. And Mm -hmm. so many of the poems in this book, even though his name isn't in any of the poems anymore, um, Mm -hmm. are the result of him giving me a book and having me read it and then write him a poem in response to the book. Um, Oh, cool. Which was sort of something we did just for a whole semester as a class that was just us. And um, it was so fun. So he'd like give me Beowulf and then we'd meet the next week and I'd give him a poem of Beowulf or like, you know, we do it like that. And then like the Iliad and all these po- like kind of books that right. I missed sort of in my education. And then, you know, reading the Aeneid and trying to write about that. You know, I think Marie's in the poem maybe about the Aeneid actually. Right. Well, also that's so um, like as a, as a prompt, like that's so interesting to me to be given something that is completely outside of your own vernacular like of your own like natural way of speaking and to try to respond contemporaneously to something that is of a completely different time right um that's that's super interesting to me um but also in the in the way that you said that it's that the book is peopled I was I was curious about that too because Mm. I find that um uh I love I love the the use of personal names and like specific places and, and all of those things. Um, but I was curious for you, how do you approach or how do you, um, what do you think about writing about like friends and family? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, how do, how how does that sit for you? Yeah, it's, um, I think like, I, I mean, given that, of course, like, like the use of a name isn't necessarily, you know, the person. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. like the, but. how to say it, like, because obviously there's that level of remove between me and the book. Um, right. And then, you know, everything in it, like it kind of I think I would hope it'd be its own kind of world of people and places. But obviously, yes, right. there's a lot. I mean, my sister's name is Nora and my brother's name is right. and like you know I think I remember when I was at school sometimes I would bring poems into class that have that would have phone numbers in them like people's real phone uh-huh. numbers and like right. I yeah stuff like that like giving that much of someone else is like I don't know if I'm I would I kind of have to ask everybody's I would want people to feel okay about it if it really was right exactly you know, whereas I've changed I mean, some think- people's names you know throughout the book a little bit Right, right. It's like construction, I guess. Right. I mean, I you know, there's there's like the one school of thought that says that like it's easier to apologize than to ask permission <laughs> uh, in terms of like writing. But but also, I think that there's um, 
I mean, I I get the feeling that like in in some of these poems, certainly uh, with like the names of of your siblings and stuff, that it seems completely of a piece, like with the um, uh, like with the relationship, right? Like that there mm-hmm. are certain people in one's life as a writer where it's like they know, like yeah. they know that they're a part of this material. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I should I should also ask, I, or I've been meaning to ask, um, in um, in Lee Young Lee's intro to your book, mm-hmm. um, which of course you've you've seen at this point, yeah. um, one of the things that he said in there that just resonated so much for me um, was uh, was about the humor was about the humor in the mm-hmm. book and how um, he said something to the effect of um, you know these these poems are so funny why do I feel so heartbroken um, and I think that 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 line that the poems walk is, is one of the really vibrant things about this manuscript. Um, I, I guess I just wanted to ask you, like, how, how do you feel about people responding uh, to your poems as, as funny? Because oh, I, there, I mean, there's definitely yeah. some, f- yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I honestly, like my probably trajectory has been, from like purely jokes into being more vulnerable, uh-huh. I guess. I'm using humor as like, I think my friend Hedgie's a really brilliant poet and a great reader. She was really helpful with this book. And um, mm-hmm. she talked, said something about how like I use humor as a way to increase vulnerability. And I thought that was a really yes. cool way that, I mean, I don't think that was true of me in the past. I think it was a deflection and um and yeah, when I was in college, all my poems were like just kind of one joke each. And I loved reading them at readings because it was so fun to like make people laugh. But I think I was very scared of kind of pushing past that in any way. Um, yeah. And then, you know, working with Jeff McDaniel and Heather Crystal uh-huh. and Marie Howe in school, I, they all gave me like really different, really vital um, things about kind of pushing further past that. Um, yeah. yeah, what a dream team. Those are, that's a great group of people. I know, they're all so great. I love their poems so much, and they're all such good teachers. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was really lucky to kind of be able to say – I remember, like, saying to Heather um, that my poems were, like, you know, kind of all circling around these, like, I don't know, same jokes and stuff. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but mm-hmm. it's just really helpful to um, have that guidance. No, I, I, I feel, um, I, I think I get what you're saying in terms of like, like the joke sometimes being like the jumping off point, right? Yeah. That like, there is a, there's a way of approaching, especially when you're approaching painful topics where it's like, um, it is, it can be, uh, well, the word that's occurring to me is icebreaker, but that's not quite what I'm trying to say. But I think you you get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. where it's like the 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 way in, right? Like the the way to begin talking about something that is that is potentially really vulnerable, like you right. said. You yeah, know? and I think like it's um, yeah, it's definitely a way to like it's how I think I am, and a lot of people in my life are in my my actual experiences. You know, even mm-hmm. like, when something's really sad, my family is definitely like 
making jokes through tragedy vibe. Um, oh yeah, mine too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I think like I remember when my mom's dad died. She and I went to Seven Eleven after cleaning out his apartment and bought these two mm-hmm. like bright orange kind of hunting hats. I don't know why she was like, "We could get these." And I was like, okay. And we went home and just stood in the backyard, chain smoking in these like hunting hats. And I was like, "This is so weird," but it also is like right. not at all. You know, it like felt really right. Um, it's that's an amazing image too. I mean, just like wearing these like day glow yeah. things on your head <laughs> yeah, and it, like makes it like more I don't know yeah I think humor does make you more vulnerable somehow like it kind of like laughing I don't know makes me able to not not able to cry like I can cry <laughs> but, well, but no but I mean yeah. it fundamentally changes like the way you breathe right yeah, like it is yeah. like an embodied experience that like that that changes the energy in the room and and in your person yeah totally totally um chessie it's so fun talking to you can i ask you to uh read a poem for us sure which which poem i have well i mean i have requests but if you have a if you have one that you would like to to do too i would i would love for you to read um well, maybe the first one in the book, maybe ever. Sure. Okay. That would be amazing. Yeah, great. Um, here it is. All right. Ever. All the books on time are pretty good. When the boat carrying bubonic plague was approaching the Sicilian harbor of Messina, everyone on shore said, wait, look, something's wrong with that boat. It's moving too slowly, and only a few oars hit the water at a time. They watched it come toward them. When the boat arrived, they saw how everyone was either dead or dying. There's an essay I'm purposely not going to cite, because I think T.S. Eliot gets enough attention, that says the books we read now change the books that were written before them. This is time. They actually change them. This is time and constant. There are different types of time. Earth time sacred time, another type concerned with human behavior, for instance, collecting figs, erecting columns, returning goats, tropical time, star time, atomic time, dream time, supposedly, and a type of time that undoes itself. Let me read the book that Amy wrote, which deals primarily with elephant grief, and then read The Wasteland to find it populated with the deaths of elephants who I had not realized in high school were there. Alternatively, if you don't believe me, try this. Read a letter I wrote you five years ago. Read it now. Read it after reading each subsequent letter I sent, in particular the ones where I admit I have loved you quietly from across the wall. Chessie, thank you so much. Yeah, sure. I've never read into a computer before. <laughs> I know, right? The way we live now, yeah. we're all like, we're all documenting in, in like all these digital ways that feel pretty strange to me. Yeah, but really. honestly, I'm, I'm really grateful to, to have this conversation with you yeah, and to have uh, this time with your poems. Um, so yeah, we'll wrap it up for now. Okay, great. Till we talk again, Chessie. Yeah, thanks so much. This was my first interview. <laughs>
If you enjoy our podcast, please also follow us on social media or look us up online at aprweb.org, where you can find excerpts of every issue and guidelines for upcoming prizes, like the CUNITS Prize for Younger Poets, deadline coming soon on May 15th. Thanks for listening.